Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of your favorite podcast, Hindsight is Horrifying. I am one of your hosts, Jason Mitchell, and I'm here with my co-host... The other host, Darth Jader. And we have a guest. Big surprise, everybody, right? Oh my god, who is it? Who is it? Tell me. He's back. Yeah. Old Adam. No no wonder you sat me across the room. I'm still a little pissed off about shivers. Now I understand. Well, I actually, I actually thought about you. Um, For once. No, I did. I did because we are continuing our Christmas um, uh, movie extravaganza. And so I decided let's do something very different from shivers. Let's do something, a movie that is an adaptation of a novel. You know, something really with literary merit. Yes. And something that's also, so a Christmas movie adapted from a novel. Yes. So Um, what is it that we're discussing? We're doing Die Hard. What? (sighs) Yes. You didn't think about me for very long, did you? (laughs) Yeah, I thought about how much you'd hate it. (laughs) No, I actually love this movie, listeners. You must. Yes. It is close to the greatest film of all time. Some Americans not love this film. Yeah. And for once, we're doing an all-American movie that isn't Canadian. So that's hey, good. <laughs> the last, what the, a twist! The last all-American movie we did was was Super a Christmas story, and it was pretty Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are of course doing the uh, movie adaptation of the Roderick Thorpe novel "Nothing Lasts Forever." Yes, um, which I'm, I'm assuming that like three people out there even know that that is a thing. No, um, I honestly I had to rewatch this movie to refresh myself as I normally do. I had no idea it was based on a book until i watched it the other day so i learned that earlier today yeah in in, in the bathroom and in fact what's interesting is that (laughs) i was reading reading my phone oh Oh, of course you were isn't the phone the greatest for that it's like the greatest invention specifically because now i can go to the bathroom and just play games i can read i can it's <laughs> just wonderful only Listers, two or three things you could do hindsight are so many yeah. visuals i never needed about jason or adam brown so <laughs> now you're privy to that information too when welcome you, to the emotional w- scarring when you become a dad you learn that the bathroom is a refuge and it's the only place <laughs> in the house where you can get a very small moment well luckily <laughs> i've never been a dad time. so i don't have to worry about that that's true that's true yeah. uh so what to say uh, about this movie. Well, um, I have a question that I think is going to spark some decent debate because I think both of you have different feelings about this movie, uh, both the fellows in the studio. Uh, I believe one of you thinks it's the greatest Christmas movie specifically of all time, and the other doesn't think it's so much of a Christmas movie. Fair enough. Don't don't look at me. I <clears throat> think it's one of the greatest films of all time. I- you could apply any adjective to it that you'd like. Okay, Christmas, previous conversation Easter. led me to believe otherwise, so but, I must have been mistaken. Well, so, but, you know, do you believe it's a Christmas movie? That's well, the question. First of all, you got to tell me, what is a Christmas yeah, what is, movie? What defines a Christmas movie? Well, I'll be honest, because I was thinking about this earlier, like, okay, if I had to defend my, my position that it's a Christmas movie, because, okay, it takes place at Christmas, but that doesn't necessarily make it a Christmas movie. Uh, I'll give you, it's Christmas has to feature in the movie. It's you know, the jacket it's wearing. Yeah. It, Christmas can't just be, oh, you know, it happens to take place at Christmas. Like Lethal Weapon. Well, no, Lethal Weapon. They, it takes they, place they, at Christmas. Yes. Yeah, but they have Christmas presents and they make a point of the tree and, you know. And they invite yeah. Riggs over for Christmas They dinner, invite Riggs over for Christmas. So and that, it opens with a Christmas song. So does this. Yes. Well, Die well, Hard opens open. and closes yeah, yeah. with, uh, it's got Christmas music throughout, actually. Yeah, Christmas and Hollis, uh, Run DMC. And then, uh, man, this is a Christmas song. Yeah, that's a 
It's an awesome Christmas Oh, Argyle. Uh, poor Argyle. He did not go on to do a lot after this movie. I was about to say, I don't really recognize him from any other projects, so, yeah. No, no. Unlike uh, uh, Carl Winslow and Al- the great, the legendary Alan Rickman. Yeah. Mm. I thought you were going to say the great, legendary Reginald Vell Johnson. Uh, that was going to be my second <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, credit. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Uh, Bonnie Bedelia, she's had a pretty good career, and Bruce Willis, of course, just still making Die Hard movies. So. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we won't talk about that. Yeah, My question for both of you, though, is how old were you guys about when you first saw this movie? I would have been single digits because it came out in 88, and so... You saw it when, when you were that young? Yeah, on either on TV or on tape. She yeah. had permi- very permissive parents, yeah, if you evidently, recall. Yeah. yeah, they weren't super. And, and this is just an action movie, and what yeah. like just violence. Yeah. Okay. Well, wait. How old were you when you saw it? Not the TV cut, the actual. Oh, that's a good question because yeah. all the f bombs would have been <laughs> censored. Because you take that word out of the movie, it's like taking a character out of the movie. Uh, probably then if it wasn't TV cut. Uh, probably I'd, I'd have to say like late junior high or high school. Okay. All right. I think, I think I probably, I waited a long time before I saw the uncut movie. I was in my twenties. Okay. So I was, um, I was like maybe 10 or 11. And what happened nice. was back in ye olden days of cable. <laughs> remember when HBO would like, they would do the free weekend. Wait, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they would, they would, they would, commercials. Yes. Well, that's not a thing yeah. on HBO. <laughs> right, no, no, no. No, but, I'm just yeah, kidding about yeah. the timeline, yeah. Because yeah. back when you had to wait for things to come on the TV at a certain time right. and wait through advertisements. Right. But they did a free weekend, and as a kid, it was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, up next, Die Hard. And I immediately put a tape in the VCR. <laughs> oh, and you had And, your and own recorded copy. it, and I had my nice. own bootleg copy of Die Hard. It's the movie that taught me how to use the word f- well, it's used yeah. in so many contexts in this movie. I mean, it's, oh, it yeah. shows it's simply it shows the diversity of the word. There's going to be a sure. lot of bleeping in this in this episode. Oh God! But that that also reminds me of a time when we used to watch scrambled television. Did oh, you ever yeah. like oh, listen yeah. to scrambled television? Looking you could almost the, follow looking, along, lo- looking for the boobs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with what they were yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Look, I, I think I can see something. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Oh, Lordy. And every now and then it would lock in and yep. then go away. Yeah. And, and you would think, oh, I did it. You know, and there was always <laughs> that one kid who was like, oh, yeah, I know how to unscramble it. Yeah. Uh, I did it at my house. You know, we get like, you know, I get your free- TV must be different. Uh, yeah. And it was all, yeah. That, no, we had that kid. Your TV's oh, different yeah. than mine. My we parents' TV is better than your TV. You know, uh huh. Yeah. Whatever, oh, Billy. Yeah. The yeah. 80s were an awesome day. God, they were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something that, uh, it was a meme that said in the 80s, we wanted to go back to the future. In 2019, we want to go back to the 80s. Yep. Because <laughs> it was. No, let's talk about the uh, outfits that we're all wearing. Oh, yeah. Yes. we Listeners, we did something that we rarely do on this silly show. We made an effort. And to continue our awesome holiday festival, we all dressed up for Die Hard. Yes. And each have very different and very specific costumes on now. So why don't we let our guest host start with what he's wearing because we both had a big time uh, when you revealed your costume to us. That was that was a pretty great surprise. <laughs> yes, uh, you enjoyed my entry into the building here. It was so well, dramatic. I am decked out with a, a white linen jacket. Think Don Johnson. Very Don Johnson. So Don Johnson. Very Don Johnson. Some, we'll put a, a, a side-by-side on Instagram so that people yeah, can see. Yeah. <laughs> Got my white pleated pants. Mm-hmm. My... Uh, 
shirt that says, what is it? Read it for me, Jason. I can't read it. Jay, uh, Darth, why don't you read it? Why don't you read it? I can't, I can't read it from um, this No, uh, wait, I'll read the, uh, the, the TV version of it. There where you the go. Shirt I'll says, read the TV version. Yippee Kaye, Melon Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> that is so Christmas that, story. <laughs> that is absolutely what they, they changed it to. Melon no. Melon Farmer. Melon Farmer. All right, I'll cut to the chase. And if you don't know what we're talking about, yeah. It says... Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Whoa! That's right. <laughs> and I'm wearing my Vans. That was Gary Cooper, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many quotable lines in this movie. There are. So many quotable lines. This is the movie that gave us Bruce Willis. Yes, it is. You know, I mean, well, Bruce Willis was established by the show Moonlighting. Moonlighting. Right. Which Absolutely. was a really good show. Where he hated his co-star. Did he? They, oh, oh, they he were miserable Sybil on Shepherd? that set, yeah. Oh. Apparently, they did not get along. Sybil. Huh. I can kind of see that. I, but, I've yeah. never watched it. I've just read stories about it. But uh, Jason, so I think you're wearing it's the most... Admiral, Admiral Nagumo. Yes, it is from, from Midway. But uh, <laughs> before we get too off track with our costumes, uh, uh, listeners, you know very well at this point that Jason and I are very fond of a show called Bob's Burgers. And if you haven't seen season five, episode one, live hard or work hard or die trying, girl, do yourselves a favor. Get on Hulu. Wherever you stream, watch it yes. immediately because I'm wearing the Die Hard the Musical yes. t-shirt. So that's my costume. You know, we need to do Working Girl, the uh, sassy sister film. To, to uh, die, die Hard. hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, did Bob's Burgers come up with a sassy sister film? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, I, I, they yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'd never, I'd never I heard never that before. Thought of it as a Tess McGill breaking through the glass. <laughs> Does anybody want coffee? coffee? <laughs> <laughs> You've stolen this Gruber's heart. <laughs> oh, it's such an awesome. See, it really is. We've made a pledge, by the way, not to just do this entire episode making Bob's Burgers references. Hey, I didn't because, swear on a Bible. Well... Yeah, I swore on uh, whatever book I happened to. He swore on the Die Hard book. <laughs> yeah, I swore the on Die my Hard novel. Yes. yes, my copy of Nothing Lasts Forever by Robert <laughs> Thorpe. So you have to stick to that. All right. In that case, uh, what are you wearing, Jason? I the am most wearing iconic. Uh, it, yeah, I'm wearing outfit a, in the room. Uh, I think a, the best replica that money can buy from Etsy of <laughs> <laughs> for under twenty bucks. Yeah. Of the uh, the sweatshirt that. Oh, uh, what's Carl's his? brother. Carl's brother. Was it James? I have no yeah, idea. Somebody, I don't even, yeah. One of the super Carl's Aryan brother. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Carl's yeah. brother. Yeah. Uh, whenever, the one that doesn't matter. Yes, the one he gets shot, uh, who gets uh, killed by uh, John McClane, and then he writes in blood, which is pretty gruesome when you really yeah, think about it. It's kind of rough. He wrote, he wrote, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 in blood on the guy's shirt, and that's what I'm wearing. Oh, but you got to do that, it in the Alan Rickman voice. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Pause. Because <laughs> he has to unfold the shirt. Hole, hole, hole. Perfect. Yes. I'll get you, John McClane. And your little gun, too. I'll get you, Harry Potter. <laughs> but, but this oh, film. Well, that leads me to a text I sent the two of you, which you both avidly ignored a couple of weeks back, uh -oh. where I described Die Hard as a Harry Potter movie because John McClane is in a tower running around avoiding Alan Rickman all night long. Yeah. It's a Harry yeah. Potter movie. Good point. Good <laughs> and news. I got crickets for that, listeners. Neither of the boys actually replied to that. I think I made them mad. We're not Gen Zers or whatever yeah, you Yeah, I don't. Text messages exist only to irritate me. <laughs> so we've discovered. Yes, that is. I, I hate text messages and emails and phone calls. I want to go back to Western Union. <laughs> Pony where, Express. Where you have to go to a place and like pay them money. And then like a, the next day, someone will show up at my house and hand it to me. But you're limited because you have to pay by the word. 
So you want to go back to the Dickens days? Yeah, basically. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that's about where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, that's where I. That's why I only text you things that require action on your part. So yes. <laughs> if you've noticed, but yeah. So back to the movie. Yeah, and my, my my friend Adam actually sends me emails that say action required <laughs> <laughs> because he knows if he doesn't, I'm just going to glance at it and then go back to whatever I was doing. Gotcha. In the subject line. Now Bonnie Bedelia, you know, was also the wife of somebody else in an '80s TV program. Which Ooh. was deep breath, Sonny Crockett. Uh-huh. Oh, was she? Yes, yeah, she. I was. didn't know that. She I didn't know that was oh Sonny Crockett, and she was a cougar because she's seven years older. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what makes that's the age difference that makes somebody a cougar? I think she's you a sure. Coug- you want to stick to that? I, I, I think she's a cougar poodle mix. <laughs> <laughs> she's a cougar doodle. Well, with doodle. the hair, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> No. no, I love mine. Yes, they're very She's smart. Fantastic. But and yeah, now, um, you get a... Sorry, go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say, he's very upset now, I believe, because she retained her maiden name. Yes, when she went to go... Because yes. for you communists who haven't seen this movie... Or, or uh, small children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kidmunists, I don't yeah, know. It's a blend. He, who cares? The premise of the movie is that John McClane is flying to LA from New York. Yes. From New York City. You can, ju- you can just say New York. Oh, okay. So from New York to visit his estranged wife. Yes. And he has Jack Ryan's teddy bear. He does. Yeah. Uh, from the hunt for Red October. He yes. does have the teddy bear for his. Ch- I guess the Wait, sharing. did you just say the haunt from. The hunt for Red October? Oh. Boy, she did you, say you just gave me a great idea for a movie, though. Oh, you're welcome. I'm sure we'll be working on it together. Over. <laughs> next, next Halloween. There's got to be something there. <laughs> we'll work on it later. Yeah. Uh, so John is flying into L.A. to visit his uh, estranged wife and their children for Christmas. Yes. He's bringing them a giant teddy bear. Uh, he gets a limo ride to Nakatomi Towers, where yes. his wife has started this awesome new career. And yes, when he signs into the computer that allows him to take the elevator upstairs, he finds... Oh, there is no Mrs. McLean, but there is a Holly Gennaro, yes, and he's yes. awfully pissed off about that. Which, by the way, you know, I learned something. I've seen this movie a million times. And I never actually knew this. The reason why um, so many of the scenes take place in a room full of computers, mm. because that that always kind of bugged me, but I never really thought about it. Like, why is there a room with like computers and stuff? The whole building was originally supposed to be like operated by a supercomputer. Oh. And so they had it like written. They they did the sets and everything. And that's like where, you know, the, the security guards like, oh, yeah, the computer will do everything for you. You know, include go to the bathroom. Include, go to, go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was supposed to be a whole big thing. Like the building was was intelligent. And so that was like the brains of the computer in that room. But then they just cut it and it's. Wow, yeah. that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah. So, in Nakatomi Towers, as we know, is actually uh, the Fox Plaza in real life. The reason why they were actually able to use this building is because the thirty third and thirty fourth uh, levels were under construction. So that's where they shot a lot of the movie. Oh. Yeah, but Fox still charged them. Yeah, f- yeah. Uh, I well, do have that in my did. research. They still charge yeah. themselves, even though Die Hard is a Fox project. Yes. They charge themselves a rental fee to use yes. the space. The Fox Plaza building, as featured in that one episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, for all of our Andy Samberg fans out there. <laughs> but the 80s were, were an interesting transition period from a female career standpoint. Yeah. Because back in the 70s, it's like, my wife will never work. Right. Never. Right. My wife will never work. And then in the 90s, it's like, why isn't your wife working? Is she disabled or something? Yeah. So the <laughs> 80s was that transition where women really began to enter the workforce, and, and it played well into this into this 
Yeah, and they actually theme. and it lent to the birth of shoulder pads and power suits. That's true, and sneakers with yeah. skirts. Yeah, <laughs> and that that um, the the eighties nature of it, where it was he's going to see his wife, who's taking this high paying job, and she's making so much more money than he makes. You it's know. kind of you get an emasculated sense from John McClane because yeah. his wife not only took a job, yeah, she had which a good job, turned into a great job, turned into a career, <laughs> into a career. Yeah. and just uh, and. You, you think from his perspective that that's just like this out of the blue decision yeah. that his wife made. But then when they're fussing at each other in the bathroom when he's washing up from his plane ride. Oh, yeah. and we have to mention this. Uh, he took his shoes off, too. Yeah. Because yeah, when the, he's on the yeah. plane in the beginning, his seatmate is like, oh, yeah, you don't like to fly, do <laughs> you? The most contrived reason ever to get a character to take his shoes off. Yeah, because you got to have the iconic <laughs> glass scene. And, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a mess. And they make such a point out of it, too, later when he kills the first brother. And he's like, oh, yeah, I had to kill the one guy in the building whose feet are smaller than my sister's and he can't steal his shoes. So, uh, but yeah, John takes off his uh, shoes at the behest of his seatmate in the plane who says, yeah, when you land, when you get to where you're going, you stand on the carpet and make fists with your feet. With your toes. With your toes. Fists with your toes. Thank you. Fists with your toes. (laughs) Yeah, he repeats that. And he's like, it makes you feel grounded and more secure or something. Trust me, I've been doing it for five years. (laughs) Well, I've been a cop for 11 years. It's all good. (laughs) When the seatmate sees that he's carrying a gun on an airplane. Yeah, back in the 80s man well because in in the book too a couple of differences up to this point one is the wife has a different career in the book uh in the book instead of working for nakatomi plaza she's dead um well what? she's dead in the book you read the book no no i read the synopsis oh. of the book i do want to get a he copy read the of the spark book. notes yeah. cliff, <laughs> yeah. cliff notes yes um yeah. he goes to see his daughter in the movie and it's like it's the same thing where she got the job and then she they just but, moved but, away. The, but they divorced and the wife died and he feels terrible and his okay. daughter doesn't talk to him and uh they are actually terrorists in the book they changed it from terrorists to uh thieves in the movie just to make it more lighthearted, which i think is brilliant oh i think so you know. too even though i mean it- Mr. Takagi gets shot point blank Whoa. in the yeah. freaking head. Yeah, that's not dark yeah. at all. But getting back to a second for the Bonnie Bedelia thing, you kind of get this sense that it's not a happy marriage at all because they start fussing. And you think that she just up and took her kids for no reason, just for a fancy new job. But really, they start. It's and it's never specifically mentioned, but they're like, "Oh, you know what our marriage was before I moved the girls out here," and they're they're kind of fussing at each other before Holly gets distracted by one of her yeah, coworkers. Yeah. Her uh, co-worker, Ellis, who's bumping cocaine Ellis. at every possible opportunity. Uh, 80s man. <laughs> he is the most 80s man he in the history of he the is world. like Florida man. He is 80s man. <laughs> that's yeah. who he is. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's that was that great stereotype that existed in the 80s. And it was a stereotype that existed for a good reason. Wait, because, w- w- wasn't everybody doing cocaine yeah, back everybody in the 80s? Was doing cocaine. Pretty sure. Big yeah. hair and blow. That's oh, yeah. What the 80s was. I mean, Saturday Night Live basically ran on cocaine. Yeah. You know. I mean, if some of their stars' unfortunate deaths are any well, indication, yeah. yeah, drugs were a huge scene. Yeah. But the movie itself, getting back to the, to the Christmas argument, you know, is yes. it a Christmas movie? Besides the music... And the fact that he's got a Christmas gift in him that features in several shots because anytime you see Argyle, you see the uh, teddy bear. Yes, it is a Christmas party that the terrorists yeah. bust up in the first place. So it's it, you know it's a joyous season. Everybody's I, enjoying I Christmas. Think, I think it's the first movie that the H and K MP five, uh, the uh, the machine gun or the the entered the mainstream. Yeah. It's yeah. such a, it's just became such an iconic oh yeah movie gun. 
Well, and speaking of which, uh, apparently this movie is kind of famous. Like in an interview a long time ago, Bruce Willis mentioned the fact that he went partially deaf because oh, of yeah. this movie. Yeah. Because they used extra loud blanks. Yeah. And he said, that's the most annoying thing that's ever happened to me because now he, he was like, I was an old man when I was young because I'm, I'm sitting there and somebody will be talking to me and I'm like, what? Yeah. What? I just, and I can't hear what they're saying part of the time, it, but it caused partial permanent deafness. Well, if you notice every time that Alan Rickman shoots um, his pistol, Mm-hmm. They cut away from him very, very quickly because every time Alan Rickman would shoot, he would like oh, wince flinch. and, and close. And you can actually see it uh, when he shoots Mister Takagi. You can you can see him sort of flinch whenever he shoots. Oh, him, I've got to watch you know? that. Yeah, I'm which I think just adds a, a level of realism to it. No, that's cool. And well, that's why they did the extra loud blanks to make it seem more real for the actors on yeah, set yeah um but they did a couple of things like that like when they drop hans off the building uh adam brown brought this up so what happened to alan rickman when they did that adam well they actually hung him from a 20 foot drop and let him go and as they were rolling he said i'm gonna let you go on the count of three one two and he let go and it's such a great it shot is, it I, is it's great yeah, it's it's one other 80s thing about this movie, too, that we in 2019 have completely forgotten about is the whole thing. Remember when the Japanese were going to take over the country? Oh, my gosh. Remember that? I remember that. Yeah. Everyone was terrified. Yeah, and that was a very real thing. There was, uh, you know, the, the whole line about Pearl Harbor didn't work, so now we're going to do it with tape decks. They just <laughs> bought Sony. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was, you know, this this whole idea of the Japanese were going to buy everything. It was very relevant. Um, not so much nowadays. We don't think about it. But uh, um, Wait, but what it, are you guys saying? I'm I, sorry. I saw John McClane in a tank top. I didn't hear anything that just... That's called a wife said. beater, by uh, the way. Yeah, whatever. a wife beater, yeah. <laughs> not a tank top. I don't... Uh, <laughs> it's a tank the top. label doesn't... Ladies and gentlemen. He's manly enough to wear the label <laughs> just does not matter. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Your attention, please. Yes, God, he's I got love such Alan a robotically Rickman. beautiful voice. Oh, he's like it, Alan Rickman was the best. I wish there was a way to make him like my GPS navigation on my phone. That yeah. would make me so happy. Yeah. Now, did he do any? Did he do a lot? He was been very well established in theater at this point. He was in oh, theater. God, yeah. He was in theater and British television. God, yes. but this was his first. Uh, he, this movie, I, you know, I say it gave us Bruce Willis. It gave us Alan uh, Alan Rickman also in America at the very yeah. least. Yeah. Um, they saw him in. Uh, McTurnan and somebody else saw him in a play. Uh, I don't remember which play it was, but they basically said, yeah, that's that's Hans Gruber. Well, that's, f- it's got to be him. Because I would have seen this movie, I would have seen this in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, about the same age when he was the sheriff of Nottingham. So, or... Yeah. Yeah, so I, I grew up watching Alan Rickman movies and just, I've been fascinated with him my entire life. Rest yeah. in peace, poor Alan Rickman. He did get typecast. Of course um, he did. But I've always said, everybody always talks about typecasting as a bad thing. But to me, if you're a working actor. It guarantees you work. Yeah. Why, yeah I don't, yeah, do you really care? And if you work with it, as opposed to fighting against it, you don't wind up like Henry Winkler or yeah. Mark Hamill. Or well, Mark Reeves. Hamill just yeah. went off and did oh, his, yeah. all this voice huh. work and everything else. But when you don't fight it, Alan Rickman is just given all these iconic roles. And it's he kind of reminds me of Tim Curry in the same sense that, you can tell how old someone is based on what they know Alan Rickman from. Yeah, and he had a great career. You know, he had a really, really great career. Oh, God, um, yeah. You know, um, Carl, the one with fabulous hair. Fabulous, you killed my brother. <laughs> uh, we should probably we should probably mention that I think... Yes, that, that's a sad story. Yeah, the, uh, the saddest real-life story about this movie 
um, was the fact that uh, Alex Gudnov, Alexander Gudnov. He was a ballet dancer. Yeah, he was a ballet dancer. Uh, He was with the Bolshoi, and he actually was... um, he was a defector in the 70s. The Bolshoi was in the United States. Mm-hmm. He fled and he sought asylum, but his wife was with him. And when the Soviets realized that he was missing, they put his wife on a plane and were going to take her straight back to Moscow, mm-hmm. I guess as like leverage to use to get him to come back. And the U.S. government found out she was on the plane and wouldn't let the plane take off. And all of a sudden it became this like Cold War, this very small little footnote to the Cold War because you've got this Soviet aircraft that's trying to take off and the U.S. government saying, no, we're not going to let you. And uh, eventually I think it it turned out that they, they either, their marriage was falling apart or something, but she actually did supposedly want to leave. And so they eventually let the plane go, but he didn't live much longer after this movie. He didn't really. No, he literally straight up drank himself to death. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like died of hepatitis uh, or cirro- uh, cirrhosis. Cirrhosis, liver, not, yeah. not hepatitis. Cirrhosis. Very but, uh, different diseases. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they, he went missing, and people were saying, "Oh, you know, where is he? He's not answering his phone calls," and sent somebody over to his place and. It was all he over. Was yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's oh, a shame. Guy. I did not know that. Yeah, it's 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 really, yeah, it is sad, you know. But um, a but, smidge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we're coming up on the iconic scene of Mister Takagi being uh, shot in the because head. he's grooving. He's Hans Gruber <laughs> and he's grooving. Sometimes right, that can right, mean right, shoot. Right, okay, oh right, enough, we promise. We promise. Got it. Um, but this this scene actually is pretty intense, though, because and I always hated it because I really like. Um, James Shigata. Yeah, he's and, a great actor, and it. I like him being in the movie, and it's like, oh yeah, he's not in the movie particularly long. <laughs> no, he doesn't last very long, and uh, it's just because, it, and that's what you said, Jason. Like in the book, they are terrorists, but uh, you sent us a link this morning, Adam, to an article where it was arguing about how they're not really terrorists if all they're really doing is just stealing a whole bunch of bearer bonds. Yeah, they're which just is the thieves. same as money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I am ruthless. an extraordinary thief. Ruthless thieves. <laughs> because, yes, they do kill with extreme prejudice. Bearer bonds, man. That was such an 80s thing. Oh, it was. God. Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. Right? It was like every yeah. 80s movie, they was like, we got to get the drugs because we're going to trade the drugs for the bearer bonds. That's every 80s action Because well, the article that Adam sent actually said the words, and I never thought I'd see these two uh, things in the same sentence. It was white collar and sexy. Bearer bonds. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it, it yeah. lent itself to a sexier idea of just white collar crime. Yeah, and it was like, it's just kind of made up because as far as i know bear bonds don't really even exist no it's uh, not it's not a real thing i have no idea yeah uh, yeah i'll put the article in the show notes i actually will this time but yeah bear bonds most banks wouldn't even accept them by the time this movie was made okay it, okay it, so it, it it was a little bit of a loophole but this this person <laughs> because, is looking for like yeah. really deeply hidden plot holes that most most common Joes are not going to know anything about, but I actually used to work for a bank, so that's why. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. we wouldn't have accepted bearer bonds when I worked there, but that's because back in the 80s, they're basically I, deemed I'd unusable. It's probably the Bitcoin of the yeah. 80s. Yeah, yeah. Because so, now, now, yeah. that, now like that's what that? everybody uses. I do. Oh, there's the, the H&K P7, oh. Hans Gruber's gun. I guess you'll um, just have to kill me. Don't <laughs> say that, Mr. Takagi! <laughs> I'm going to count to three. I love that Carl and Theo have a bet 
going and after he shoots uh, Takagi. <laughs> Wait, was, what? Well, if, if you watch, right after he shoots Takagi, does Carl hand Theo he's, the money? Yeah, or does, he does. One of them hands I've the other one money. I've never noticed that. Yeah. Because that mo- this moment always draws me in so intensely to Alan Rickman and you see the blood spatter out of Takagi's head and it just, oh, it's so intense. I never noticed there that. There will not be a fall. Now, was it Takagi <laughs> or, or the... Hey, Gruber baby. I thought they might have made a bet on that guy. Let's just they, see. They might have. I can't yeah. remember which one the money. Ch- oh, wait. Oh, no, no, they're the, next the to each other. The cops down on the ground have money on McLean. Got it. They've got like a Deadpool or something going on for him yeah, in, in that, the building. Yeah, because everybody. Watch. Boom. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that is so John brutal. Realizes this serious. movie just got real. Yes, and it did. Little money change. Carl hands Theo the money. Yeah. The program. And then Theo immediately went out and became Walker Texas Rangers partner. You gotta love it. Yeah. Uh, Which I didn't. I, I didn't real. I did. I knew that, but I didn't remember it until I was looking at the notes for the show. I was like, oh my god, that's right. He was on Walker Texas Ranger. See, I, he was Walker's partner. Yeah. You just like <laughs> I. I knew that somewhere in the deep dark recesses of my brain, and you saying, and I'm just like, oh my god, yes. And that's, I. Re- I, I do want to know what bullets John McCain, McClain has in that John Beretta. John <laughs> no, very different that's, individual. That's Freudian. Yeah, Hold on. Freudian slip. <laughs> I'm going to kill the terrorists. Kill them all. <laughs> that would be an awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't raise his arms up yes, high enough to hang shoot Hang on a them. second. I'm oh, coming. Adam. <laughs> oh, my God. John, Bob Dole, right? John McCain is back. <laughs> and this time he's pissed off. <laughs> Well, he was pissed off before. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's pretty. He's much even pissed more. He's off. pissed off. Squared. Yeah. Uh, no, but I want to know what kind of bullets that uh, McLean has in that Beretta M92 uh, or 92F because I have one of those, and I'm reasonably certain nothing that is in my arsenal would be able to just shoot straight through that table. That mahogany have, table. That mahogany Are you table. kidding me? This is hand carved mahogany. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's Bill, such an oddly shaped table. It's lucky that John yeah. is so very dexterous. Like, yeah, not dexterous, it is a weird just, table. Those yeah. were, can you imagine meetings in that room? Uh, very odd. Yeah, well, that was, once again, one of the many teeny tiny... It was just these pinprick plot holes that this uh, article Adam sent us was bringing up. Because it's, oh yeah, I guess rich people own really decorative useless pieces of furniture and you know uh I, it's lucky that john can sort of slither because it's got about 40 right angles ever heard of a thing called the 1980s i don't believe where so. nothing was made you didn't just buy a table if you were rich it had no. to be something stupid yeah it <laughs> you just, know because i mean even my I, I remember growing up my parents had some furniture that i was just like Oh, I'm going to sit in this chair. No, don't sit in that chair. Why? Yeah. It's not comfortable. Okay, why do we have it? Did it, either of you have decorative. relatives yes. who had plastic on? Oh, Jesus. Oh, yes. You yes. Did? Yeah, I did too. My no, grand no, no, no. still has plastic on her really? couch. Really? Yes. Oh, Wait, on her, on her 60s, couch? Uh, maybe not anymore. I haven't been over to her condo in quite some time, but she used to when I was growing up because oh, she's such a neat freak and the she kids spill things and they've got sticky stuff on their hands. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, she was obsessed with having plastic on her couch back yeah. in the 90s when we were growing up. So basically, ruin your furniture, make it completely unusable, but at least it'll be clean. Or if you're going to kill someone in your living yes, room, that you is can true. clean up yeah. really easily. Yeah. Okay, Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> we see, that's, that's why my grandma always had the role of visqueen on the ground. You know? oh. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> grandma, grandma was a hit man. Hit woman. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Clean, hit, cleaner. Hit hey, gender yeah, neutral yeah, yeah. these Sorry. days. Hit person. Hit person. <laughs> hit person. <laughs> hit Caitlyn Jenner. 
<laughs> I love I love Hans Gruber's line when he says that Mr. Takagi will not be joining us again for the, for the rest, rest of, of his, his life. life. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. It's like I imagine Hans leaving Takagi's office and walking into the room and like thinking up that line. Yeah. <laughs> like this would be excellent. He's such a cool customer too throughout the movie. I mean, he knows the cops are coming. He knows the feds are coming. Like, oh, yeah. like he know he's thought it out. He's oh, actually yeah. got a really pretty solid very, plan. Very German about it. It's so yeah, he's yeah. very it's very Ocean's 11. He's got somebody on every little task. Like he's got somebody to take over as the security guard downstairs at the Kiss desk your and Dalmatian. Oh yeah, I love that line. Here here they come. Where's the cavalry? Like and he's freaking out. He finally sees the fire truck and he's like, "Damn it, come on." He just and poor John, he's just begging for help to show up cuz all he's got at this point is a handgun. Yeah. But that's about to change, gang. Oh, yes. that's right. Because he's to... going to have a machine gun. Ho ho ho. Ah, it's so You awesome. killed my brother. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Yes. And it's it it's um it's great too because the whole character of John McClane as the every guy as just a poor schmuck because he is. He's just all he's a schmuck. Well, they you say know, that on The Office specifically. Uh, Steve Carell mentions that when he's talking to a group of people. He says, I don't really like the the Die Hard sequels because when he's like, when you watch the first one, John McClane is just this everyday cop. He's a hardworking right. American guy. Yes. And he's he's the odds are stacked against him. And that's what makes it a, a stimulating story. That's what makes you like be on his side. Then in the subsequent stories, like he's like a super cop right, who's flying yeah. a motorcycle into a helicopter. <laughs> oh, the, and it, the, it doesn't sequels, make any sense. Die Hard Two is okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit down for Die Hard Two. I, I I just the biggest problem I have with Die Hard Two is the fact that they had to work Yippie Kaye motherfucker. Into into every of single course one. they did. Like, yeah. Well, we've already said it twice now on our episode. Every th- that doesn't. There's no way that's not getting quoted when you talk about any of these movies. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. which it's one. It's the "I'll be back." Yeah, it of is the Die Hard. It's yeah. the snakes had to be snakes and Doctor Jones. No time for love. Yeah. Like it's it's just iconic stuff that people remember. But but to, but to be fair, Die Hard Two does have more naked yoga. Um, so naked yoga. Yeah. Uh, what's it? Now is it Mike, Michael? I- no, no. It's like Michael Ironside. <laughs> was it Michael Ironside? I don't remember. I haven't seen the sequel in, or Jeremy Irons. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Jeremy Irons. Scar from the Lion King. Yeah. I, th- I think he's Jeremy Irons. The bad guy in Die Hard 2. When you first see him, he's in like his hotel room doing naked Paging yoga. Dr. Google. Yeah. Dr. Google. That's oh, all right. I, you know what? I think our audience will be fine. Not knowing <laughs> if yes. you, if you really want to go watch it. Um, so they're fighting now. They, the uh, yeah, it's Carl's John, brother, yeah, who, Carl Jr. Carl's yeah, Carl, brother, Carl's Jr. Carl's <laughs> Jr. <laughs> is fighting with Don McLean. John <laughs> McLean. That's another movie I'd oh, watch. <laughs> we can't get it straight. The uh, Eagles are back. Oh God. Oh wait, no, no, no. They no, are that, back. I'm thinking Bye Bye Miss America. No, that's Pine, right. right. Yeah, I got the wrong musician. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the whole movie. He'd, he'd say that every 15 McLean. minutes. Which one of us? Now the um, supposedly the phone numbers and the um, uh, that whenever they're going through the um, the any anytime you see phone numbers in the computer system of the Nakatomi Corporation, it's apparently uh-huh. Fox Media executives. Their actual phone numbers. No. <laughs> supposedly oh, that's, that's supposedly that's it. I don't know if that's true. Because back then, what were you going to do in the theater? You couldn't pause it. You know, nobody was going to get that. 
Well, um, it's kind of like how on television every phone number ever starts with 555. Yeah. Which is no area code anywhere. Yeah. Well, and that that even that became a joke where, you know, in later shows, people would give a number and it's like, oh, shit, it's 555. It's a fake number, you know. Um, but I remember as a kid, though, um, I, hang on, I've just been handed an important... From uh, Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Communique from across the table. Oh, but well, here we go, because now we've got the brother in the sweater and John's uh, trying on his shoes, but they're too small. Poor... Poor Goldilocks. The shoes are just too small. But yeah, so then, oddly enough, he's on a floor of the building that is still under construction, but there's this random Santa. And this, he, he this, gave him an this idea. This Christmas decoration yes. that's sitting there. Yeah, it's just lucky that it's there. And there are a couple of moments in this movie that it's lucky that this happened, gang, because otherwise so-and-so would be in trouble. Like with Bonnie Bedelia, the fact that she goes by her maiden name ends up saving her for... So, Three good, of the yeah, film. a good portion of the movie. Three quarters of the film. Yeah, and absolutely. then the fact that she's kind of frustrated with John because he's non-communicative, they're estranged, whatever, and she sees the one family photo that she has in her office, and she puts yeah. it face down so Luckily. that when Hans takes over her office of all offices, yeah, he doesn't see that John is her husband. Yeah, I, I actually just learned a very important detail in the uh, the the uh, website that you just handed me. Um, I handed him Di- on the entire website. Die Hard 2 was based on a novel. <gasps> yeah, I just noticed that because because uh, uh, we, we had the uh, IMDb for Die Hard 2 up there and I noticed written by and it's got it's based on a novel also. Now I have to go find out. Okay. That's fantastic. Well, we've, we've got yeah. our uh, Readers Club yeah. edition now. You see, yes, Hines Hines, we're starting a book club yes. that's, book club, all, that's solely uh, circles oh around God, action so movies. Awesome. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that actually, the, the novel side of it does bring up a very cool sort of twist, which is that Bruce Willis was not the first person to play this character. <gasps> yes, I fired? had that in my research. No. Nope. Frank Sinatra was, was the first person. No, Frank Sinatra did play. No, I meant in the movie. So. I well, learned it, so much from yeah, this podcast. Yeah, in, in the, um, the adaptation of the book, I've got it here. Nothing Left to Lose. Yes. What year was it published? Uh well, 50? I don't know about that, but uh, 79. Oh, 79. 79. That, yeah. But the book, Nothing Left, uh, Nothing Lasts Forever, sorry, is a sequel to a book called The Detective. Mm-hmm. And The Detective has the same character in the books. And in the first movie, it was the actual, uh, the, the name of the character was Joe Leland. And they changed it to John McClane when they made this movie. But Frank Sinatra Cowboy. played Joe Leland. Wow. In The Detective in 1968, that is literally the same character as John, John McClane. And as just with a different name. And subsequently, at 73 years old, that's how old Frank Sinatra was when uh, Die Hard the movie was being cast. He wasn't really known for his acting chops, but the chairman might have been an odd choice for John McClane, but they were contractually obligated to at least offer him the role. Yeah. So Frank Sinatra. Even. Frank yeah. Sinatra. Yeah. Because he had so, played in the original and his contract said, if they ever make a sequel, they've got to offer it to him. Yep. And actually, and who else was up for this role, Jason, a, after they moved lot, on from a lot of people. No, we talked about it on lethal weapon. Uh, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson. Which would have been cool. Uh, Schwarzenegger, I I think Adam Darby told us once. Schwarzenegger would have been... A little too typical almost. Uh, But I think Mel Gibson and uh, who else? I don't think John... I don't think McTiernan... Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford was also Harrison Ford would have been good. Yeah, he would have been great at it also. Get off my plaza! (laughs) (laughs) It would have all been pretty good. Yeah, but only only Bruce Willis could have 
Well, we've mentioned you know. this a couple of times where um, once I found out that those other actors were offered this role, Jason was like, God, why didn't they just make the same movie? Just three over times and over with again. different yeah, actors. Just make it three times. And then, you know, and I was like, oh, so it'll be like a star is born, but for guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what they it need to do. It would have been brilliant. And, and then you said that those would have been all the top Christmas movies. I, of I'm honestly forever. amazed. I'm honestly amazed they haven't rebooted this yet. I, well, I, they can't reboot something that's still being made. <laughs> I mean, they keep making freaking uh, diehard movies. I Hollywood can do anything. The, yeah, they, they, if there's money Spider-Man, in Spider-Man, they'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and speaking of money, apparently um, uh, one of the many things that this movie is known for is how much glass is broken in the oof. process of like, the explosion. She's in das Fenster. The shootings, John breaking Shoot through the window. the glass. Shoot <laughs> She's the glass. Fenster. Well, and the reason uh, it makes sense when you uh, do a little research to understand that none of the actors who are uh, any of the goons in Gruber's crew or Gruber's gang, th- they none of them knew any German. Right. So it actually makes sense because that Br- he doesn't Bruce, understand him Bruce when he Willis speaks German. Bruce Willis is actually the most German of all of them. Do tell. Well, he was born in Germany. His mom's what? German. No. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. He's he's so much more German than than uh, uh, Hans Gruber. <laughs> I wonder if he was like the German language consultant. That's funny. Yeah, kind of like Rain Wilson on The Office. Whenever you hear him speaking German, okay, uh, that's two Office references. I'm just I'm maxing out of three. I'm, I'm, I'm counting. No, no, no. I'm just saying he's German too. That's literally all I was getting at. But uh, going back to all the broken glass, which uh, part of it, I think three pounds of it wind up in John McClane's feet and Archer's. Oof. If you fake, watch his Archer. fake feet. His big old rubber fake feet. Well, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> uh, apparently they spent about $130,000 on glass alone for this movie. Yeah. Because they they break well, so but, much of it. But to be fair, they also, for budgetary reasons and, like, tax purposes, they classified a lot of the cocaine uh, as glass. As glass. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, it's it, it, it was really just sort of an accounting gimmick. Smart thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Or sugar, because yes, they make sugar. the sugar glass. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Um, That's genius. Now, there is a connection uh, between this movie and um, another movie that we've watched. And I, I'm trying to remember the name of the bad guy. Uli. The Asian bad guy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lethal Weapon. Oh, you called this. I made a specific note about it. I have seen him when in we another were, movie, and I'm trying to recall which one it was. He's Help been in a out. ton. I have it right here. So um, his name is Al Leong. He's the terrorist with the candy bar that they're all arming up, and they've got their machine guns, and he takes a second. Take a moment to enjoy a Snickers. <laughs> like that's He just grabs a candy bar out of the... A Nestle's uh, Crunch. A Nestle's Crunch, is that what it is? Yeah. Um, so he is the same guy from Lethal Weapon who was torturing Mel Gibson with the electrodes. Yes, with the electric shock therapy, yeah. Um, he died between Mel's thighs as Darth Vader <laughs> wants to go. She's God. volunteering as tribute, Mel. <laughs> that's going to be your tombstone in the show notes this Hell time. yes, tombstone yeah. moment. Di- I'm in. Died, died in Mel Gibson's thighs. <laughs> between... In his thighs? Between, that sounds weird. Between. Young Mel Gibson, right? Mel Gibson, anytime, anyplace, wherever, uh, where, whatever wait, makes him Wait, wait, no, I think the question is Mel Gibson with the big bushy beard? <laughs> I'm between his thighs. What does it matter? You guys That's, are thinking about this way I, too I, 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 think, I think that might be the tombstone quote. <laughs> I'm between his thighs. What does it matter? Okay, that's my tombstone. Yours is he stubbed patient zero. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God, I think we finally finalized them. We've been talking about this for over a year. Well, I guess if she's between his thighs, she won't be able to hear the anti-Semitic. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> if I can't hear it, it's okay. It's not real. Precisely. <laughs> ostrich syndrome. <laughs> Just the really dirty oh, version. God. Ostrich syndrome. <laughs> Is that like Stockholm syndrome, but with an ostrich? Yeah. Mel Gibson syndrome. It'll be named at, well, oh. um, Darth Jader syndrome. Name it after me at the very least. But yeah, getting back to Al Leong. Uh, he was also in the Scorpion King. He's the sort of King. guy you hate until he's inside you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and that's a, that's a family guy joke. Cruising right along. Uh, but yeah, Al Leong was also in the Scorpion King. Big Trouble in Little China. He was on that 70s show. He was in lethal, multiple Lethal Weapon movies. Oh, was he? He was in more than one? He was in four, too. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's all over the place. He's a very... Ah, in the 80s when you could open up any door with a machine gun. Absolutely. <laughs> if it was locked, just shoot it. <laughs> and sparks will fly. No, that, they used a lot of sparks in yeah, those things. Yeah, they used a lot of sparks. They, Almost as much as they did glass, but not quite yeah. as much. And a lot of explosives. They blew the shit out Yeah, there was a of, lot of yeah. C4. And that's one thing I had to ask because, you know, even as a, a street cop, you know that C4 has quite a bit of wallop to it. And when you're trying to basically cause a distraction, I never understood why John McClane used so much that it blew out an entire <laughs> yeah. damn level of the building. Because he could have killed everybody doing that. He might have taken that. down the entire building. Exactly. You he know, could have killed Trade everyone. Well, and this it is the great, you know, 80s movie explosions. Because if you ever see C4 actually explode, it just goes womp. And there's no, like, big ball of fire. And I love 80s explosions because they're just huge, massive oh, gasoline yeah. fuel. That's like the whole lethal weapon yeah. thing. Because I had to ask Josh, I was like, wouldn't multiple grenades create a larger explosive radius and he was like no they're refined to a specific radius and i was like oh okay learned something new today so yeah. but the 80s made sure that nobody understood that oh, i was in the 80s and you know it's like nah just blow this shit up yeah you know well that's it's like the explosion at the end of uh terminator 2 oh god you know i mean those they, they would do shit like that back then they didn't use computers they went they found an office building and they blew it the fuck up and they filmed it hell yeah yeah Di diplomatic immunity. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. God. He's the greatest. Oh, Was he the greatest. is. Oh, God, yeah. I love Alan Rickman. I, gonna now, make me sad. You know, it's interesting also, too. The, one of the reasons why Frank Sinatra, I believe, didn't do this movie was not just his age. Um, because, like, Charles Bronson was offered the role. Or he was considered for that would have been interesting <clears throat> for Nakatomi. Yeah, uh, no, for yeah, for Nak <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> Charles Bronson is a Japanese man, <laughs> which oh my god, well, which it, you got to wonder. I'm if going to count to three, and I'm going to count to two. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos shows up and snaps his fingers, and everything just gets erased. Uh, no, but um, <laughs> just glossing right over that one. But Sorry, they they offered Sinatra. Um, before, well before this, when they were making Dirty Harry, mm -hmm. Sinatra was the original pick to play Dirty Harry. No. Because of the detective. Oh. Because it's like a, the detective is like a total hard-boiled, like. Well, to be fair, and, that well, would have gotten women to come to the theaters, too, because, I mean, women loved old blue eyes, yeah, so that, that was just, yeah. yeah, it's freaking Frank Sinatra. Yeah, so, but he, right. when, when they went to him, the, the writer of Dirty Harry met him, and literally the meeting ended with, Frank Sinatra going, let me see the gun. And he handed him Dirty Harry's uh, 44. And uh, Sinatra picked it up you and went, eh, it's too big. And that was, and he didn't want to do it because the gun was too big. And yeah. so he, wow. he, he just like stopped doing action movies after that. And he never carried a gun that was larger than his penis. That was his. Right. <laughs> right. 
Yes. Now, Clint, on the other hand, he was okay with that. <laughs> yeah, he was fine with that. Well, you that know, just Eastwood meant that actually people were going to assume things about him in a e- positive light. Eastwood owned the rights to this movie, or he owned the rights to the book. Okay. Um, this and, book? Yeah. Eastwood was going to make a a movie version of the book, and then I think he was he was he was in the process of doing it or they were talking about it and he was going to star in it. But then he, he decided to do the Deadpool instead. Huh. And hence the movie. Well, that happens yeah. a lot. I mean, uh, Eastwood would have been awesome. in this. Yeah, he would have yeah. been, uh, but we mentioned on CC's episode, princess bride, how Robert Redford once owned the rights to the princess bride. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It's, it's stuff like that just changes hands so much yeah. in Hollywood. I can see Eastwood going, yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> well then, which would have been more iconic, the dirty Harry or the yippee ki Oh yeah, we're we're come at out one. to the coast. Come out to the coast. We'll, we'll get, get together. together and have a few laughs. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. We'll have a few. La- I love that scene. It's, it's the best. Now the thing it's is, does best. does dirt does does Clint Eastwood ever run fast in anything you've ever seen? Because no, he doesn't have to. He's like running through molasses. No, he's but, a cool customer. Right, but he see. I don't know if he'd be no, able I'm, to pull I'm off thinking these about scenes. It now. <laughs> He would just he would just stand there and shoot everyone as they came running past him. But well, uh, this is kind of a funny uh, random thing. But my boss, my nickname that my boss gave me was Clint Eastwood. Really? Yes. And I was like, so I'm a seventy odd year old man. Like, what is this in this scenario? Because he heard about my dog having a very severe accident on the phone, and this is back when we shared uh, an Your office. Dog had wall. an accident on the phone. Yes, it, it was bad. He was on the phone when he should have been focusing on his driving. <laughs> he, sh- he shit on the phone. No, he jumped out. He jumped out of a car while it was moving. Uh, so it was pretty bad. But my my boss heard me have this conversation, and I was like, "So the dog's okay? He's all right? Okay, thank you." Talk to you later. And he was like, go, go home. It's okay. It's all right. It's your dog. Go check on him. And I was like, nope. They said he's all right. That means he's all right. And he was like, God, you were just like Clint Eastwood. And I was like, I'm not sure what that means in this scenario. He said, you know, he's like, Clint just stands there. So that when you said Clint doesn't really run, he's always just, mm-hmm. he's in the middle of the action. Women are crying. Children are screaming. Like all this chaos is happening around him. And my boss is like, that's what he does until pew, pew. He shoots twice, and then he holsters his guns, and it's over. He's like, that's you. And I was like, okay, that's the most flattering nickname I've no, ever had. No, there is one. I just thought of the only thing I can think of with Clint Eastwood running is in Dirty Harry, mm-hmm. whenever the Scorpio killer is, like, telling him that he has to go from phone oh, to right. phone. That's the yes. only... Because uh, yes. nothing else... I You're can't right. Think, yeah. I can't think of him I running. I can't think anymore. of anything else where I've ever seen Clint Eastwood run. Except in Gran Torino, when he wanted those damn kids to get off his lawn. Yeah, that's a... That's a deep movie there, man. Yeah, that's a depressing movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you see the blood splatter from Mr. Takagi. Yeah. Uh, Because John is back in the uh, conference room where we finally think we're getting some support because he... Oh, and this is what kills me about the movie. Uh, It wasn't in your plot hole article, Adam, but the the dispatcher that he's speaking to is such an idiot. He's he's screaming (laughs) at the top of his lungs. They even hear gunshots (laughs) while he's on the phone with them. Oh, I think they're just prank calling yeah. us again. That's where that fire alarm yeah. was going off earlier, Janice. Yeah, see if there's a black and white. Yeah, yeah. This, this is definitely an a pre nine eleven world. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> you know? if, if anybody heard like a cap gun going off in the background these right, days, yeah. like uh, the entire cavalry would already be yeah, there. Yeah. Like, dogs, bomb squad, everybody. You, yeah, it's just insane. And uh, who do they send? But old Carl Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Who's at the Seven Eleven or whichever gas station getting Twinkies for his it, wife? It, it was either Seven Eleven or Circle K or. Right. Yeah. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nakatomi Plaza. What? But yeah, so they send uh, 
what's his Al? They send Al yeah. uh, to the Nakatomi Plaza, and you get one of these German guys who suddenly affects a very nice Southern accent. Yeah. Like, hello, I got hundred bucks on these assholes. What can I do for you? <laughs> oh yeah, it was a, this build, and I think they forgot. Well, they couldn't really cut this because um, the one of the Gruber goons is pretending to be the security guard or desk clerk or whatever. Right, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, this whole newfangled building with its computers, they're always going off and stuff. It's aggravating or whatever he says to him. But it, it's a, re- it's a reference to the fact that the yeah. building was supposed to be it like a super, be computer, a super computer, building. but they couldn't yeah. cut that out yeah. because you need this scene. I got 50 bucks on them assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Betting on watching the game officer. But yeah. Uh, so John, it's a, good, it's a good tension builder. When Al is, is about yeah. to walk around the corner, oh, the yeah. guy's going to yeah. pop him and yeah. he just, like that ah, the hell with this and he turns around and leaves because the first time you see it you really think he's about to get yeah yeah he's about he's to get, get whacked toast. yeah but of course you know it's it's the 80s so that you have to have some kind of element of the buddy cop even mm-hmm. if and it's even kind, if it's sort of a vague through yeah, line, it, yeah it's it's a distant relationship buddy cop movie um because the only person who's on uh john's side is the, the one cop that nobody Al. believes yeah. either like yeah yeah yeah, but and not once did he him. say, "I'm getting too old for this." Right, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. probably should have. Maybe not LAPD, but he's definitely a badge. How do you know? I just know. I just know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say intuition. Yeah, nothing like that. I just know. Yeah, this this uh, the um, no, the, but here we are in the conference room table scene where Bruce Willis is slithering like a damn snake with the, the right angle hey, table. If a dude's standing on top of a table shooting at you, I bet You'll you can like I bet, a I bet mofo. you can, yeah, I say, I bet you can move. You learn to move real quick. Yeah. Well, Bruce clearly was lifting weights. I mean, he oh, had yeah, some smoking yeah. guns. Uh, he was in, yeah, in great he shape. does. Yeah, he he was about you know. He's thirty three. Yeah, he was he was he was still at his Hudson Hawk level. He's still a young gun. Yeah, back in. I wonder if anyone does anyone still remember Hudson Hawk? Oh hell yes! You remember you? Okay, that, that movie's like fastastically beautiful. I, I I most people I talk to, if I say Hudson Hawk, they have no idea. Oh what god, I'm I love me some Hudson about. Hawk. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. But it's, you know, way before the Sixth Sense, like I I miss Hudson Hawk, Bruce Willis. I really yeah. Do. Well, you know, Bruce Willis had to transition to being an older actor. You he know, did, especially uh, with the whole uh, midlife issue with Demi Moore leaving him for Ashton Kutcher, which what bitch in their right mind is leaving Bruce Willis for anyone? Yeah, that makes I, zero sense. They got married during this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she was engaged to Emilio Estevez. And she, she oh dumped, my God, she, I'd like block that out. She, one of the brat pack. Yeah, yes. she, she dumped Emilio yeah. Estevez. And, oh, know. so she's got a history of this. Dumping a guy, and just, yeah, she's yeah. she's a monkey swinging from branch to branch. Like yeah. that's Demi yeah. Moore. I think okay. she showed up waving a red flag on their first date. You know, <laughs> but you know, God. it was Demi Moore. And back can, in the day, you can overlook a lot. What do you mean back in the day? She's still hot. Is she? I haven't. No, oh, yeah. I haven't seen her in anything or oh, like yeah. any articles or anything lately. But yeah, we have this quintessential moment here where, yeah, Mr. Winslow is about to leave, uh, but then Bruce gets into a firefight and takes one of the bodies and chucks it on top of the black and white down at the <laughs> circle of Nakatomi Plaza. And shoots him. That was shoots, it 33 shoots. stories? The, the yeah. Drop? That's a good shot, yeah. though, really. Very, yeah. very <laughs> impressive. And I think that, that should be an Olympic sport. Body, body dropping. Body going. dropping, yeah. yeah absolutely. Body skyscraper drop. I mean, look, if we're going to have curling. And cat juggling. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Apparently there's a sport going <laughs> around on the internet right now, Adam, where people hold a cat and they hold a gun. They shoot the gun and they see how long they can hold the cat, like bull, like bull riding. That <laughs> it's seems apparently... very cruel to a 
To the cats, yeah. Couldn't you just use like an air horn? You'd think so. Uh, <laughs> Do you have to use a gun? I really, well. Is this a Southern thing? It no. Might, uh, uh, I've not looked too deeply into the matter, but I'd be willing to put money on it. Yeah. Well, but here we go. Uh, it takes that. This is so pre 9-11, Jason. You're oh, right. Yeah. Because any other measure that John McClane could take today that he's already done in the movie would have had a slew of cops, firemen, yeah. ambulance, you SWAT. name it. SWAT. Yeah. yeah. There would have been an epic amount of people <laughs> but there. The, but the only problem is the SWAT people and the cops in this movie are so incredibly incompetent. Yeah, they're ridiculous. <laughs> and well, the incompetence just gets worse oh, God, and worse at yeah. every yeah. level of bureaucracy that arrives. Because it starts yeah, with the, the dead Yeah, because in the, the the FBI shows up and they maximize. The yeah. Just like f***ing Saigon, slick. <laughs> well, even the deputy who's... I was, was, in, a, ju- I was, I was in junior, junior high. high or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, yeah, even the deputy who starts off as kind of like the beacon of incompetence at first, he he starts to get frustrated with the feds later. He's like, because something goes horribly wrong under their rule of the situation. He's like, oh, guess we need some more fed guys, I suppose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he yeah. sort of starts start to We're going to need some PD. more FBI guys. Yeah, yeah, more FBI guys, sure. Which is, and that's another thing they don't really do anymore, but that was always such a cliche in these movies with the FBI coming in and, you know, the, the cop Mucking would always, up. well, the cop would always say, this is my crime scene, not anymore. Not anymore, <laughs> bro. The feds would take over yeah uh yeah but we should talk about agents johnson and johnson um fbi agents don't hold hands these do and they sleep in the same bed um the i don't remember the name of of the other agent johnson little johnson as he's referred to (laughs) on the internet um because big johnson is robert davi right he's worked a lot yeah uh talented operatic singer uh, That's right. Yeah, I did all yeah. things. And he was in the Goonies, which is another great Who movie. Who wasn't in the Goonies? My God, there was. There's another connection. I got to look it up. There's another connection between this movie and the Goonies. Uh, somebody else was in it, um, but uh, I'm drawing a blank. But yeah, but Robert Davi. Um, and the guy who plays Little Johnson, who also guest starred on Walker, Texas Ranger. As with Argyle. With, no, not Argyle. Theo. Theo. Oh, Theo. The, the criminal. Theo's brother. Sorry, yeah. sorry, uh, sorry. Not, not the driver. On the episode. You, you got the mixed up, yeah. right? Apparently so. Oh. I'm going to smack you before the night's over, Adam Brown. That's not the first time I've threatened to do it. So I'd like to apologize You're at two to strikes. the uh, audience for yes. the conduct of my co <laughs> I just threw something at Jason. And that's what that noise is. She with a pencil. Yeah, see, this is what happens. Yeah. And of course, here we are. Walter Peck, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I don't know what his actual name is. Um, let me look it up real quick. Uh, has, he, has he worked after this? He was well, he was Peck in uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. He was. We've mentioned that's him. That's the before. only thing that I remember. Because uh, he's the bad William guy. Of Atherton. Ghostbusters. Uh, William right. Atherton. Because uh, he's he's the reason why Ghostbusters, you know, yes, that man goes awry. has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go rap with the mayor about some stuff. Yeah. This newscaster, I believe, was also in Lethal Weapon. She, um, she is a regular newscaster. She, the actual, the actress, and the the character Gail Evans or whatever was in another either McTurnan movie or something else as the same anchor, right. even. Uh, so, you know, connecting the universes. But I do want to bring up something that's important because, uh, you know, as you know, 
I, I like to examine every movie critically as, as a film and every, you know, a piece of literature and also to see who's a supernatural being in the movie. My blood pressure just <laughs> skyrocketed through the ceiling. Mine's dropping rapidly. So, um... <laughs> Feeling lightheaded. So I'm take the nap. Quaaludes just I'm kicked in. <laughs> dude, I wish. That's that. right. It is do the some 80s. More coke, do some more coke, <laughs> dude. You'll it? be fine. <laughs> you got to balance out. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready to go now. And your friends want a link to our podcast? <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. Proceed, Jason. Yeah. Tell us this story. So is Carl a supernatural being? Jesus Christ. <laughs> because let's go, let's look at the Speaking evidence. Speaking of supernatural beings, yeah. right? Nice yeah. segue. Yeah. I mean, let's look at the evidence. What does Carl survive in this yes. movie? He's, he gets blown up. Yeah, right. I will. I will and go with you on this one, Jason. He was hanging for three he, days yeah, and he, he rose he, from he the gets, dead. He gets a rope. Yeah, he, Maybe it's a Christmas movie. So he was crucified. He was, yeah, yeah, maybe. So that this would make this is so much worse than me mixing up the and Archive. No, wait a minute. What, so does See? that make John McClane Punches Pilot? <laughs> well, would it be? Well, then who's Neo in this situation? I have to know. Um, Al. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what if I told it, you the this truth? is actually all happening right now? What's really happening is that Al's wife is giving birth. <laughs> And he's fantasizing this whole thing as a way of escaping the horror of being in the go. room. That's what. That's the real story. This See, is all occurring in a yeah. in a snow globe. Actually. She's giving birth to one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're shaking it right <laughs> now. <laughs> Not Hill Saint Elsewhere. Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, that's yeah, our Saint Elsewhere Blues. God. Yeah, actually, yeah. His wife was giving birth to the first kid from Family Matters, um, <laughs> and that's yeah. <laughs> so many crosses. What a twist! <laughs> what a twist! Uh, well, speaking of crossing over uh, the universes, guys, did you know that there are literary roots not beyond the actual novel that this movie is based on? Apparently, the director took a lot of inspiration from Shakespeare. Really? Yeah, well, th That's that part makes of the sense. Reason. Because remember in uh, Twelfth Night when those terrorists took over the building? <laughs> <laughs> you remember the party scene in Much Ado when the terrorists yeah, crashed yes, and it was just yes. Benedict had to kill everyone? That it makes was visiting the West Coast yeah, of France. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, he said, come in, relax. Wait, pa I thought Padua <laughs> was in England. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cometh out to Padua. <laughs> we'll, we'll have, have a, a few meads. <laughs> Fucking Padua. <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, yeah, apparently that's part of the reason why all the events take place on one night because uh, they sort of based it off Midsummer Night's Dream with the party scene. That's that's right, because in the book, it was over three days. There and McTurnan, yeah, that's right. And he wanted to do sort of a, which is like, that's such a shitty, stupid director thing to say. Like, I, I changed the action movie from based three days to one day because of Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> No, well, I mean, you didn't. Well, Jason, then did you in turn, since you directed our Shakespearean production this year, did you take inspiration from Die Hard yes, for the Much Ado yes, party yes. scene? Yeah, really, pretty much the entire, my vision the whole movie, was just the whole Die show. Hard. Yeah, there but we go. did run into some budgetary constraints. I had to nix the explosions, you know. The, uh, the special effects are just terrible <laughs> yeah, when, you, when you watch them yeah, in HD. <laughs> the part when, where Benedict is walking over the broken glass, you know. <laughs> now, now during our standoff, was I Carl and you John McClane or the, vice versa? That's well, I've question. got the longer hair, so I guess that makes me Carl. Oh, yeah, you were uh, Carl. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I'm yeah. defeated. <laughs> I just really... crossed over like 14,000 different things. I'm my pulling God. my 9 millimeter. I don't know if you can hear that. He just shot the TV. <laughs> <laughs> and now we can't watch the movie. So Such an 80s thing. Cocaine, shooting in the studio. <laughs> Where's Sammy Hagar? <laughs>
But it is funny that you say <laughs> Probably that. Probably um, at a casino. It, most likely. <laughs> uh, the casino where uh, the guy from Christmas Story is haunting uh, what used to be the department store. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Way to reference. Story. Way to reference. I'm telling yeah. you, we're tying into everything tonight. That's uh, that's what's happening. Darren McGavin is John McClane. Oh, in. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, don't do it. <laughs> we're not going Bruce back. Willis <laughs> is John McClane as Jesus Christ in. <laughs> We've just lost our Christian audience. Oh, thank you. We never much. had one. All three of me? them. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so th- there's a movie happening, gang. Um, I, w- I was trying to get us a gig on the EWTN and we just blew it. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, the fish oh, well. radio might take us still because you can't <laughs> you can't see how hard Preachy. we're laughing. <laughs> anyway, so this is where you see that Bonnie Bedelia, aka Holly Gennaro McLean, gets really lucky because she does put that picture down where you can't see John. Yeah. However, uh, you know, Hans hasn't run into John yet. They yeah. haven't had their run in. And I'm sorry, guys, but as much as I adore Alan Rickman, that American accent that he affects for this movie is just... When he plays Bill Clay. Bill Clay. <laughs> you ever been out to one of those ranches in Texas? Like, it's just... No, no, leave me alone. Don't hurt me. Yeah, yeah he's pretty, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but now, I heard... What do you think, fucking stupid, huh? I thought what I read somewhere hear? that he was he was playing around with American accents, and okay. so they incorporated yeah, the that, Yeah, scene. that's exactly right. They built it around yeah. the fact that he was, like, talking like Americans look this is the way you all talk well, yeah, he comes down they, on America pretty hard in general in this movie. Oh, you typical Americans, you cowboys, you've seen too many movies. Like, it's all this cliche shit yeah. that he's just throwing well, out at John. Because that's that was in the 80s. You always had, you know, the, the Soviet guy in Rocky Four just shit talking about America. Because you <laughs> knew at the end Rocky was going to beat the crap out oh, of yeah. him. So, you know, it was good old bad guys. We don't have bad guys i mean thanos give me a f-ing break the giant purple guy yeah, yeah he's I, a, thanos barney is, on steroids yeah hans gruber would have wiped out half of the universe and then wiped out the other half <laughs> <laughs> well to get some extra yeah, bear yeah just for the bear bonds no 20 percent of the bear bonds yeah not even <laughs> i am an exceptional thief yep he's an exceptional potions master no, well, that's your first Harry Potter reference. It that, is not. <laughs> oh, it wasn't? No. Oh, I've been tuning them out. <laughs> uh, that's okay. No, but we don't have bad guys. We don't have, like, just not just villains a, not, anymore, not a nationality you know? of bad guys anymore. Like, is it, you know, in Red Dawn. Yeah. And then the so next Red yeah. Dawn were the Koreans. Yeah. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it changed. You, you, you mean the, the Red Dawn that was much less plausible than the first the Red, Red Dawn? The Red Dawn with Thor? Yeah, that was a little less yeah, plausible. Like, and the first one, the Soviet Union is attacking us. And the other one, it's the Koreans? Wolverines. How are, yeah. how are, wait, what? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they flew their one plane over here? <laughs> what, what, what's going I on? <laughs> yeah, but you don't just have that, like, fear-mongering group of people in no, movies anymore because like they even talked about that on an episode of friends where joey's trying to get his uh um picture hung up at his dry cleaners because he's a working actor again and he's uh, he's like wait a minute why won't you hang up my 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 tv show picture and they're like well your show makes soviets seem like bad people and he was like well so does harrison ford and air force one but his picture's up on the wall yeah. like it just <laughs> Well, and there was that sort of brief 90s flirtation with, like, generic South American terrorists. Like, yeah, uh, that was really random. Yeah, Toy Soldiers. Yeah. Which, Toy Soldiers is a 
fucking awesome movie. It's a great movie. It's an it's awesome, a very overlooked. It's movie. a very overlooked movie. But yeah, it's underappreciated. It's, if you like to see a bunch of military hardware, because the U.S. Army basically is one of the cast members of that movie, yes, especially at is. the end. Was it a good recruiting film? Oh well, they just show well. I don't know, because in the end, Lewis Gossett Jr. does have to save their asses, so, oh, you know. Okay. Um, Who but, can tell? But that's fine, you know. That's what this movie needs. That's the only thing that could have improved this movie, Lewis Gossett Lewis Jr. <laughs> Not Batman? You know what? Ooh. I, I, I was actually thinking about that, because, of my, course my, you because my rule is every movie can be improved by the presence of Batman. Wait, what? I've never heard you say yeah. this before. I don't know about this one, though, because if Batman showed up, it would be real quick and over with. Well, it, it, the Batmobile made oh. a showing here. Bring in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a Batmobile. There the police is. have themselves an RV. There's our boy, Al Leong. He's about to grab the crunch bar. My, my, my I, kid. I bet you he added this bit. He had to have added this bit. I he probably did. So. Yeah, he probably did. I really hope so. They probably, it's like, you know, craft services was you know a little sloppy <laughs> that day, so he stole himself a candy bar. Um yeah, my kid actually loves uh, saying when he plays video games, the quarterback is toast. <laughs> oh, by the way, I ordered this shirt, and when I first put it on, both of my kids wanted it. They're, oh, they're 11 no and shit. Of course and they now, do. And I was driving my son home last night from Scouts, and he's like, yippee motherfucker. <laughs> your son said of course. your 11-year-old kid said yeah. that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. God. Because he doesn't say f He says f yeah. Oh, so he, he takes okay. the U out, yeah. which makes it not well, and it's like offensive. Makes it less of a. Uh, let's be honest; it is probably the most enjoyable word in the universe to say. <laughs> you know, I mean, so very satisfying. Yeah, it I mean, feels you know, exquisite yeah. mouthfeel. Stub, stub your toe, and yeah, that's what you're going to say. You'll have adjectives, verbs, like every form of the human language in one word. Yeah, the only other one that's that's on par is goddamn because it's got two <laughs> syllables in it. You know, so, god. <laughs> Damn it! You know you can just draw it out. Oh, so many. <laughs> you know, I, I was parked outside of Publix one time. We were listening to the radio, and and there was a celebrity on, and they bleeped him. He said, "You know, oh, beep, you know, mother, beep," and and uh, my daughter said, "Well, what did he say?" I said, "Oh, he said fart." <laughs> she says, "Are you sure he didn't say?" And she's like nine years old. You sure he oh. didn't say? F I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. She starts yelling yeah. it out the window. <laughs> I roll up the windows. I'm like, stop it, stop it, please. Oh, my God. You're going to have us deported from Georgia. Uh, no officer, no officer. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. Here, everything's okay. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Oh, it, just, it is a great word. Yeah, it's a great Thank word. Thank God nobody's like taught kids to, if they ever want to mess with their parents, just to yell, you know, this isn't my dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes me think of Calvin and Hobbes where like his parents take him, go they they go camping or something, something he doesn't want to do. And he's got a sign in the back of the window. Not my parents. <laughs> yeah. Call the cops. Yeah. And the Belchers recreated yeah. that too. Yeah. It's definitely a shout out to Calvin and Hobbes. Which is, you know, that joke has been done so much that I think now if I saw a kid with a sign that said that, I'd probably, I just laugh. I just laugh. Yeah. Because <laughs> kids have access to so many more things and jokes and stuff now that it's yeah. just like, ah, they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, the cops, again, uh, keeping in the theme with the police being totally incompetent. Yep. Um, and I, you know, and, and it's not just that, but they're completely arrogant and they decide they're going to send the SWAT team in. And, of course, John McClane is telling them, you know. Hey, don't. Yeah, They're don't, really don't well do organized don't in do here. It. They've got missiles and, like, C4. explosives and stuff. Oh, the police have themselves an RV. You got to love the, the programmer, car. though. Uh, 
sorry, what is the programmer's name? Theo. Theo. Yes. Theo. So he's got some pretty good. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, just, Theo's great. He's got some pretty good lines in this whole movie where he's calling it almost like it's like a oh, football yeah. game. Yeah. Where, well, yeah, that's the whole. The quarterback is toast. Yeah. Yeah. It's such. Well, a great we just line. now rolled up to that point. Like, yeah. But yeah, John is just st- he spends a lot of time looking out of windows in this movie. Uh, and then I yelling guess that's it his, out. Yeah. yeah. Ow! Tell him to stop. Quit it. Well, I, and you know, you, it teaches a lesson. You you push a man in a corner, and he's gonna drop a bomb in an elevator, and you know, hey, pay attention to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm calling the shots here. Well, yeah. and they uh, that scene, by the way, the uh, the famous um, explosion that blew half the building up. The way that they did that was they actually bought a particular type of flashbulb, and they got, like, every one of them in the Central California region. All the butter in all of the city <laughs> yes. for lobster and, chips. And, and they set off they set off the uh, the flashbulbs uh, wow. to simulate the explosion. And it just it works so well, and it was such a great practical effect, huh. which, you know, today would be CG. But I'm not going to Oh, there's the Batman's tumbler. Maybe yeah, that's where... Bring in the car. Yeah. He did it again. He did it again. And I love that the RV goes up the stairs and promptly gets stuck. <laughs> and then they hit it with an RPG. Yeah. Yep. It's like, oh. I hope nobody was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. honestly, like, what does John really expect the terrorist to do but stymie any of any well, yeah. attempts to break into the building? But that's where he loses his Thank shit. Thank you, Mr. Cowboy. I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> take this under advisement, mother. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. that's when he hit throws it the seat. Again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is where he gets the explosives. Yeah, right? and he, he straps it to a chair. Oh. Well, because you come to find the reveal is that Hans Gruber does want the feds to show up. Oh, yeah, so that's all part try- of his plan. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. he's just trying to progress this along, and John is trying to stymie all of his, uh, you know, attempts at doing that because he wants people to live. He's he's a genuine hearted cop. He doesn't want anybody else to die. But that's he's when he loses. <laughs> I'm a barefoot cop. But that's when he loses his mind because he's like, no, don't hit them again, Hans. Don't do it. And he does it anyway. And that's when the C4 goes down the elevator. A bunch oh, of is. it. He's putting the igniters. The, the de- detonators. The detonators. Where are my detonators? Yeah, are the detonators. Yeah. Well, that, that got a little Arnold. But apparently, according Which, to that's, Alan, a, that's another cliche, 80s cliche, detonators. Detonators. It's always the detonators. This is a transmitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all of our Rick and Morty fans out there. But yeah, according to Alan Rickman, he didn't feel like he was playing the villain in the movie. Like, apparently, he said, I'm just playing somebody who wants certain things in life, has made certain choices, and goes after them. Well, so it's, but that's how you have to play a part like that. But he's also know? famous for saying that if you can't empathize with well, your character on some on some level that you shouldn't be playing them in the first place. Or a bad guy doesn't think he's a bad guy. No, right. the, uh, yeah. even the talented Mr. Ripley, Matt Damon covers that. He said, no matter what you do in life, no matter horrible, no matter how insensitive, whatever, I'm badly paraphrasing, nobody thinks that they're the bad guy. <laughs> Hans. They always have a reason for doing the things are that they the are. Are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> no, but our, our caps have skull and crossbones on them. <laughs> I think we're the baddies. <laughs> no, it's quite stylish, actually. The like skull and crossbones. Walter Peck. How many times in your life have you said, when someone asks, how are you feeling? Pretty f***ing unappreciated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's so many lines in this movie. Like, uh, I, I was telling you before the show, when I was in Los Angeles last time, anytime anything unusual occurred, it, I just went f- 
fucking California. California. <laughs> because they set that tone at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. Because John oh, yeah. sees the poster and he's like, oh, California. And then he sees the Playboy bunny or whatever jump into the yeah. random guy's arms. He's like, and then it just ups like, oh, freaking California. God, like, he just hates the state. Well, yeah, I think he's a New was, Yorker. Yeah, I, I went to uh, San Diego a few years ago and uh, on a business trip and I got off a the plane. Business and I, trip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I got off the plane and they have a uh, transgender bathroom there. And uh, I just oh, looked no. at it and went, F- California. <laughs> 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 and I, it was like, it felt good. It was like, that's the appropriate time to say it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you gotta, gotta get those bad feelings out, Jason. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Admit them to the world. Glass, who gives a shit about glass? Who the f*** is this? Yeah. <laughs> He just doesn't care. And I think there is something to be said about the fact that he is a New York cop. He genuinely dislikes everyone in California. You know that. Uh, You know, if you lived in New York and you've moved to California, it's so diametrically opposed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything is just so beautiful, but fake in California. Yeah. And everything's so gritty, Gritty yet real in New York. Very real. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... that's, uh, Not that I've been. Yeah. To California or New York? Yeah. New York. I've been to California. Okay. Well, you need to go to. I'm you telling gotta you. Gotta go to. New York I know. You guys have told me before, this before. it becomes California. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. No. I mean, California or uh, New York. The I've always said New Yorkers always had a bad reputation, and they don't deserve it because they're genuinely awesome people. We're the not one, to believe Night Court or Night Shift, evidently, right, because yeah. they paint a bad picture. of Californians New York. have a terrible reputation, and by and, and large, yeah, they kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least the Los Angeles greater area. Does. And, <laughs> and if you are in the greater Los Angeles area and you don't think you're an asshole. Bye, California. And that's why they're on Bye. fire right now. Yes. <laughs> they're paying for exactly. this. Exactly. It's, it's God's retribution. It is. For their sinful way. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost our three California Thotum and Gamora. <laughs> Dang it. Ah, they're cool. We're batting a thousand. Come on. Hey. Australia's loving this right now. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. They're our biggest fans besides <laughs> Japan. Because Australians are going, what? Half the place is burning. <laughs> Big fucking deal. We'll all survive regardless. <laughs> yeah. Let's... Call me when the whole place is on fire. <laughs> We've got radiation here. WCF, mate. Godzilla. And Godzilla. Uh, uh, and what, what oh, is uh, Ellis. Ellis? That's his Ellis name. is coming the in Coke uh, to negotiate. 80s man. Oh, yeah, because he just negotiated a multi-million dollar deal, Holly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, somehow he's talking kind of like a stoner, despite the yeah. fact that he's coked beef. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and he does a bump while they're being held at gunpoint. Yeah. Now, does he have shoulder pads? I think. I if, think he has shoulder pads. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, light, light shoulder. They're pads. making yeah. him a little uh, lurch looking. Honestly, yeah, it looks like he, guys don't typically yeah. need shoulder pads. They're That's power gonna... pads, power shoulder pads, oh. intimidating people at meetings. God. This may appear cartoonish okay. now, but remember back then. This was the style. It was. Uh, no, oh, yeah. I, I've got pictures because uh, when we did Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the mom in that movie looks just like my mom used to in the 80s. The iced blonde hair, yeah. the shoulder pads, like the striped skirt, everything. It was. This jacket was not a costume, by the way. It was my roommate's. He was throwing it in the garbage and I pulled it out. I said, no, I'll get some you gotta use out of that. You oh, gotta I'll get man. some use yeah. out of this. But 80s man does die. Yeah, uh, 80s man. <laughs> 80s man but, dies. But none of us feel bad about it. No, because no, he's a tool. We no, want, him, we want him to shut up. Yeah, really, the only person that you well, feel and, bad for is, is Takagi. Well, and is yeah, yeah that's yeah. true, because Ellis, I mean, you feel bad, too, vaguely, for because 
uh, Holly comes in and she's actually pretty brave. She's the oh, one Holly's, left in charge yeah. after Ellis and Takagi die. And she's sort of appointed. And you can tell that she's not necessarily scared of Gruber. She didn't want to be appointed to talk to him because the less she sees him, the better. And the less likely he's going to figure out yeah. that she's John's wife. So, But uh, she comes in and she's like, look, we've got a pregnant woman. She needs a couch. Can I at least put her in an office? Like she's asking for very no, practical but things. I have a couch brought out. Uh, will that be he's, and I've got to say, Hans Gruber <laughs> kind of politely yeah, meets her demands. Yeah. Well, she's, she spent in her first marriage six years with Sonny Crockett. She's yeah, going to be a tough true. woman. Yeah. I mean, she went through a lot. Your love for Sonny Crockett. Him. And bon- <laughs> Bonnie Bedelia, which I have to say is the most enjoyable name in the world to say. Oh, yes. Bonnie Bedelia. It's almost up there with Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> As you wish. I think I think that would be the power couple. I want to see the Mandy Patinkin, Bonnie Bedelia. No, movie. but then yeah. she can't take his name, though. <clears throat> Mandy, wait, Bob... Man- Wait, Mandy Bedelia? Bonnie Patinkin? That Bonnie doesn't have Bonnie the same snap Patinkin. to it. No. Bonnie Patinkin. Oh, okay. Well, she'd be Bonnie Bedelia Patinkin. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I'll accept a hyphen <laughs> yeah, it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Approved. Approved. But she and uh, Alan Rickman uh, actually became, like, really, really good friends. They had, like, lunch with each other every day on set. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, and it's like, how nice would that have been to go, like, okay, Al, you want to go get... <laughs> Yeah, Al. Yeah. <laughs> she calls him Al. <laughs> yeah. That's well, that's his name is. Well, it? I think they were about the same age, right? I think so. Yeah, so they they could share music. Yeah, things like that. You know, the young kids like John McClane. He was only thirty three. Yeah, he was, I was about to say, how old was Bonnie Bedelia when they did this? Forty. Movie? He was forty. Alan Rickman. I yeah. think they were in their forties. Well, I for one can say that age difference doesn't always hurt a friendship. But no. what would I know about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Darth Jader and I are still speaking. Yeah. This is very true. Uh, mm-hmm. Despite what you did, what made I me did want to her. Shivers. It yeah. made her shiver. Ew. Yes, yes. Smack you. Well, if you think shivers is so bad, then why is it mentioned in almost every single podcast you guys do? I've been listening to all that's of true. them. Because it scarred me for life, yeah. and that left an indelible mark in my brain, which compels... It's, like it's like a parasite. Wait till you it watch... It compels <laughs> me to talk about the damn movie. Wait, wait till you watch Life Force. Ooh. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's it's uh, space vampire zombies with just the right amount of nudity. And oh, I mean nudity it. and a just you the guys? right, That's just the right before. amount of nudity. It's it hits that perfect. In fact, I uh, I guarantee you, I, I in fact I God I don't I have to go dig it up and find it. I have a copy of it on VHS, and I will guarantee you if I get that box out and pr- if I had a VCR and I put it in a VCR and pressed play, I know exactly what moment. Oh, <laughs> Probably right after that, I would jump ship. <laughs> The Darth Jader would say, I'm out. I guarantee you, if I, you put the tape in, rewind about five minutes, and it's going to be the nude stuff. Well, we <laughs> just lost Darth Jader. Oh, she just left the building. Well, the contention and the mention of you on regular episodes got you to listen to more of our show, so maybe that was just an elaborate ploy, Adam Brown. It worked. Yeah. Your ratings just went through the roof. Yeah. You're welcome. You doubled your hey, we're, we're killing it on YouTube right now. Yes, that's what you were telling yeah, me. Yeah, or, uh, I think for some reason the... Which the trolls can't bring us down. Well, no, it's it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, the the episode that's doing great on YouTube right now is the Ernest S- Scared Stupid episode, which mm-hmm. is, a, if I might say so, a kind of shitty episode hey, of our show. Jeremy, I love you. Don't listen I wasn't to insulting Jason. him. Good. No, I wasn't insulting him. It's just it was the movie didn't offer a lot. But there's well, a lot of good Ernest trivia. Movie. Yeah, there's a lot of good trivia yeah. in that when I was listening to that. Yeah, we yeah did. but there's hundreds of people watching that episode. Well, and it's, that one's got a ton of nostalgia for the age group that primarily uses YouTube. So that makes sense. 
Yeah, I could see that. So that if you really etch out the numbers, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so anyway, you we, know, we digress. Yeah, where are we in this film? Um, the deputy is coming down on Carl Winslow, wanting to talk to John McClane. And he How do you know he's not one of the terrorists? Yeah. yeah. No way, man. He's hurting. He's tired. His he, feet are cut. Yeah. Well, no, they're not cut yet. Oh, they haven't? She's in Das Fenster. Yeah, they haven't yet. done that yet. No. Oh, okay. That, that hasn't happened because Han still hasn't met John McClane. He hasn't become oh, Mr. Clay. Right. But well, that takes a while to happen. It does. It doesn't. It's a long movie. It you is. Know, it's the longest of all the Die Hard movies. Which That's is probably the only, immersive. Yeah, which is yeah, it's the only good thing you can say about the sequels Thank is God. they 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 get shorter. And why is Hans Gruber climbing around on the roof anyway? You'd think that he would be in the command center because he's blowing up the roof. Remember, That's he's his gonna, job to blow he, up the roof. I no, know why. he's looking. He should have sent someone up. Oh, oh, oh I see. What you're saying. Saying. He's the leader. Delegate, Hans. yeah. Come on, man. Well, he's losing people to delegate too because oh, John so. keeps killing them at every opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so, because uh, even uh, Mr. Winslow says he, you know, John's the reason why you only have seven terrorists to deal with instead of twelve. That's like right. it's it's a big moment. And I was like, wow, he killed five people on his own. Yeah. Like it. That's that's pretty. Yeah, those are good numbers. Yeah, you know. he's literally killing it. Yeah, good wah, for him. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Now we, we should have brought walkie-talkies so that we could like yeah. talk into the walkie-talkies. <laughs> hey, yeah. pal, you still there? <laughs> um, now the um, getting back to the Christmas part of this Christmas, which we movie mentioned thing. about an hour and a half ago. Um, we've we've now done two Christmas movies. We've done a Christmas story, which arguably is a Christmas movie. You know, um, I, I mean, pretty, sort uh, of. It's pretty. pretty I Christmas-y. usually watch it. Yeah. In it's July. got Christmas in yeah, the title. Yeah, that that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, so. We're we're going to do the Alpha Seinfeld scale, um, obviously. Yes. But I want to talk in terms of we are going through this whole Christmas season. Let's figure out what is the greatest Christmas movie ever. Now, I'm going to vote between the two that we've done so far. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to give the vote to Die Hard. Of course you are. <laughs> this movie was your pick to watch. Obviously. <laughs> and I think what we should do is... Every episode, we'll sort of we'll we'll see what the what the current leader is, and then we'll just keep asking the guests to sort of vote, and we'll see what movie ends up bumping all the way up to the. You top. know what? That's fair because yeah. we're we're not doing as many uh, Christmas movies as we did Halloween movies, uh, so that works. It, so I know for a fact also that every single guest that we booked for a holiday movie has seen each of the holiday movies. Yeah, because they're all yeah. so iconic that yeah. it's a. Well, for the most part, uh, yeah, maybe, we're not we're not doing any really obscure Christmas movies. Yeah, uh, um, I think the most obscure one is Jingle All the Way, and that has yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger really, in it. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not worried about it. How so, could yeah. any movie beat this one? Though, uh, that's I'm what sorry. I'm saying. Good luck. That's what I'm saying. No, but see, he's asking for your opinion. So then maybe our next guest has a different opinion about which one's better. Well, I think clearly this is going to be a two to one winner for Die Hard. Uh, Why I'm two assuming. to one? Are you voting for Die Hard? Over uh, a Christmas of, story? Even though I know what other movies we're going to be discussing? or well, no, we, yeah, we've, we've only done mm. the two, so it's only right now it's just between A Christmas Story and Die Hard. Honestly, uh, I do love Die Hard. I really do, but I also really, really love Christmas oh, I Vacation. Love Christmas Vacation? We're Did not, you just no, say? We're, no, we're just between the two we've done, though. So, oh, shit. So it's okay, going to be a, ro- it's gonna be right, a well, rolling... Thing. Well, it's got to be one that you actually do a podcast on because if it wasn't, it's a wonderful life. The, is, is well, the winner because yeah. I cry every time I watch that. 
Why, yeah. when the pharmacist slaps a Jimmy in the head until he bleeds from his ears? Yeah, that's it's pretty emotional. What is wrong with you? Wow, that, I didn't even <laughs> remember. Are you kidding Damn. me? That scarred me for life. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Okay. I've mentioned that before. Wow. The pharmacist. I, okay, that's you need that to visit was, your that, pharmacist. Yeah, that that was Maybe your takeaway from that might movie. Help you through the day. I just remember that. Um, <laughs> okay, so between the two movies we've done so far. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it really <laughs> is, because Christmas Story is so Christmas great. Christmas Story is so good. Come back to me. Give me a few more minutes. Come back to me. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, we've got two out of three, at least. All right, so it wins for this round. If nothing, regardless of whether or not, whether or not I vote. Okay. And, yeah. and your opinion, Die Hard, is, is, is really relevant, Die Hard. And, and anything that you may do, you can Die Hard. Choose any film, Die Hard, that you want. Die yeah, hard. so just die hard. <laughs> die hard. Die hard. No subliminal messages at all. Now that I've learned the voting system, which was fairly simple. Oh, oh here it comes. He's looking for the explosives or the detonators. detonators. The detonators. Yes. Which, by the way, do either of you know who is the earliest American to be quoted as saying die hard? The earliest American? I actually. Uh, John Adams. Close. Very George Washington. Wow. When he was told that he was going to die, he said something along the lines of, you know, um, like, I die, but I die hard. <laughs> that is so I die, no, I, die, I die hard, but I don't mind to go or something like that. But that, he was, George Washington God, said no. die hard. He's Ron Swanson. On what a man. Freaking crack. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I That's the it. movie I want to see. Oh, here we go. Sorry. Okay, not Gruber to cut you off, Jason. Gruber becomes Clay. Star. Yeah. Hi there. Well, we we do though need to discuss Alf Seinfeld. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Oh, please, God, no! <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Really yeah, don't don't kill me. <laughs> I love my son. Was my son and I watched this. He's like, oh my God, what is he doing? <laughs> that was so smart of him to figure that out. Yeah, yep. like on a dime. I know immediately. You know? Yeah. Clay, Bill Clay. Clay. (laughs) I can shoot those things with those red pellets or whatever it is that he says. Because you ever shoot a you ever shoot a gun, Bill? Peter Griffin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is Louise Belcher. But this one's kind of tough. Don't shoot that gun again. This one is tough for me on the Alpha Seinfeld scale because that scale is, as we've discussed, it measures. Did it improve for you yeah. when you got older or, or did, know, it did, get it, worse? did it get worse? And when I saw this movie as a kid, it was fucking awesome. And I watch it today. And, and it it's is fucking, fucking awesome. <laughs> it's, it hasn't changed. So yeah. put in this episode? Yeah. <laughs> I will be in a nursing home one day watching this and as an old man rolling around in my wheelchair. Yeah, because because you, you stated that you said your yeah. son is definitely putting you in a home oh yeah he's already you... told me that I'm, yeah my mom can live with him but dad's going straight to the home and, well, I, and i've actually told him i'm kind of okay with that. don't worry buddy your old pal darth will be there to read to you and pretend like we're still doing nursing homes are going to be really cool places though you know it's not yeah. going to be that old uh, pericoma music hey, hey, nurse play my metallica <laughs> <laughs> where's my megadeth <laughs> 
If I don't hear some Black Sabbath in the next yeah. 30 seconds, No, Mr. Will. Mitchell's listening to his Metallica again. Oh, just smother him with a pillow. And meanwhile, Jade is just squawking about John Mulaney yeah. in the other yeah, world. You'll be babbling about John Mulaney. <laughs> Were you squanching again? John squawking. John Mulaney oh, once said... Of course you did, darling. Of <laughs> you, course you did. You look just like John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> he was my husband back in the day. No, Darth. No, he was Give me another, no, give me another pillow. <laughs> <laughs> This one out. breathes too well. We're going to run out of pillows at this rate. <laughs> you know you can reuse them. God. <laughs> really? You can't kill him. He breathes through his ass. Ew. Uh, <laughs> and on that right. note. Uh, I don't know why so I So I am going to say. Alf to Seinfeld. Yes, the, the ass. <laughs> yes, the, the Seinfeld. Alf Seinfeld scale ass. Uh, I'm going to give it a five because it is every bit as good today as it was when I first saw it as a kid. Um, I'll go a little bit higher and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because when I was a kid, I had no earthly idea what bearer bonds were. I didn't really understand or appreciate all the mechanics and all the intricacies that were going in to the Gruber gang's heist. I just didn't get it. I knew that there was, we were cheering for Bruce Willis. That's what I knew. You know what? You actually, you just changed my vote. Because, Whoa. well, no, think about it. When I was a kid, you know what didn't exist? Die Hard the Musical, uh, Funko Pop, <laughs> yes. Die Hard stuff. And, and Amazon didn't exist Amazon where did, you could order it, from yeah, the, it, from no the shit. comfort of your own home. Yes. yes. Wonderful shirts. You know what? Yeah, the, that bumps yes, it up we'll to at least, pictures. Yeah. there's a seven right there. So I give it a seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah I'm going to go seven. Solid seven, seven. too. Yeah. Seven, seven, seven. Yes. At least it wasn't six, six, six. Yes. Well, yeah. Is that your actual that's, grade that's, then, Adam? That, yeah. like, I'm giving it a seven. No, that's Why, the, that's the mark of Har- Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah. nice. Look it up. Um, so, I think that is probably the first time that all three people in the show have actually given, given the, the same, same thing. But but why? I think it's the first well, time that all you, three of us really. I hinted at it a moment ago. In the privacy of my home, own home, I got on the computer and ordered a shirt. That said, yippee kaye motherfucker on it. But and it was delivered improve, to my front door. But how does that improve the movie? I can now celebrate the film yeah. while I'm watching yeah. it. Before I was just maybe in the theater or yeah. in, in my living room watching it, but I couldn't celebrate yeah, it. Yeah, now it's like a you get thing, to, you know? I, yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. You earned that one. I you did. That, one. that was, oh, I'm proud of myself right now. You guys say something. I'm going to glow in the basque. Well, um, unfortunately, uh, we have come to the end of our time with ah. uh, with Die Hard. So we're, we're going to have to... I hope everything works out for John McClane. Uh, yeah, I do too, because there's like 45 <laughs> minutes left of the movie, but we do yeah. have to wrap up. <clears throat> Hindsighters, we do apologize. We're trying to make our episodes a little more bearable for you guys, because we've got some trolls who have opinions about Yes, things. we do have trolls. We're not, that we we're not to bowing them. to the trolls. No, no, no. no okay. absolutely. It's actually going with our reformatting ideas. Ah, okay, good. Uh, yeah. So... That's okay, but yeah, more big changes. We keep talking about it, but they are coming. Big, big changes to the uh, show uh, coming up. Uh, we we and, hope. Well, hang on before okay. we get into sign off stuff. But you know, for once again, if you guys haven't seen this film, watch it right now. You can stream it on Amazon Prime or YouTube. That's how I found it. Do yourself a favor and watch it. You don't have to watch the sequels or anything like that. But I think no. we should at least go through the ending. 
because we we sort of mentioned what happens to Han, so let's give it a few extra minutes just this episode to say how things wrap up. Well, yeah, we do have the the infamous Hans Gruber falling from the top of the building. Yes, and the great line that goes with that, because the deputy sees the body fall off the building. He goes, oh, I hope that wasn't one of the hostages. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was a classic great. line. Yeah. That yeah, we really want to get. We want to spoiler. We want to. Spoil oh yeah, it. yeah. Spoil. Yeah. Well, because okay. most people have seen this movie, <laughs> okay. so yeah, that's it, fine. You deserve it to be spoiled if you haven't yet. Yes. But yeah, so uh, John and Al have this whole relationship going on throughout the the film where they don't know what the other looks like, but they're each other's strongest ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get to see each other. And once again, we we sort of alluded to the fact that Carl survives. And remember, John has ne- or not John uh, Al hadn't pulled a gun since he shot a kid. Yes, yeah, he shot a thirteen-year-old yeah. boy who yeah. looked like he was carrying a fake gun, like Just yours, like Adam. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, Al shot him, and he's been too afraid to pull on anyone ever since. So he's a desk jockey by yeah. his own definition. Yeah. And uh, so we get a bunch of crazy stuff that happens toward the end. John saves the day. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Big surprise. Big surprise. He, uh, he, he kills Hans by unclasping Holly's watch. Yes. Well done. W- while Hans is holding because on to it. Because what kind of watch was it? It's a Rolex. Rolex. Yes. Yeah, they point yeah, that out at the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff comes for Chekhov's full Chekhov's Rolex. Yes. Yep. Um, and because Hans is out the window, but he's clinging to Holly's watch. And then John unclasps it so that... Hans it's can symbolic. fall to his death. Yes. His and, time is up. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm taking back your applause. Um, but, of course, you can't. Carl, already Carl, who is a supernatural being, God, isn't I, dead. You don't get any applause. He's not dead. He rises from the dead. And who saves his life by shooting him? Al. Al. And Al that's John the real end. Big, big Al. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the actual end of the movie. Bearer bonds flying through the air. Argyle kind of saves the day by stopping Theo. Argyle, the yeah, Argyle hits Theo with the yes. car. Yeah. Uh, Carl Winslow shoots Carl. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's snowing at the end yeah. because it's a Christmas yeah. film. Well, because at is first the Parabons yeah. are flowing out of the window and that's it. But you know, And yeah. once again, I'll link to this article that Adam sent us. But then later it's just blank sheets of green and yeah. white paper, which who cares? It's yeah. snowing yeah. in Los Angeles. But uh, that sort of... That kind of wraps everything up. That ties it up yeah, nicely with a bow. Up. Yes. Because with a it's Christmas, Christmas bow. Movie. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, do you want to tell everybody where they can find us on the social mead? Ew. I know. I hate myself. Go, go Ralphie ew, yourself with some God. with a bar of soap. Ew, go away. Ew. Sorry. Anyway, Sorry. you can find us on the social mediums. Uh, at Hindsight is Horrifying on Instagram. You can find us at Hindsight Horror on both Twitter and Facebook. We've got a phone number on the Facebook page. So if you feel like calling in and making suggestions, because listeners, we are about to make some formatting changes to the next season. We're wrapping up with all of our holiday favorites this season and hope that you stay tuned in. So find us and stay updated on all the goings on for Hindsight is Horrifying uh, on our social mediums. Find us and make comments and rate us, please, if you find the time. So, and subscribe. Rate and subscribe. And officially, I'll mention yeah. something that a uh, bit of elephant in the corner of the room, guys. Adam Brown and Katie are officially tied for appearances on Hindsight is Horrifying. And She they tried w- to outstrip me. It's yeah, not going to happen. Did, she did, but uh, Adam has been practicing his club uh, routine, <laughs> and he wouldn't let it happen. So we, they will be competing for appearances on the show. Who will win? Stay tuned and find out. 
Adam, thank you once again for joining us, our veteran visitor slash guest. Thank you, as always. Thank you for dressing up in the amazing... God, seriously, I'm taking pictures. I can't wait. Seriously. (laughs) And uh, with that, uh, thank you, everybody, for spending your daytime, your nighttime, your drive time, or whatever time with us as we continued our trip down this very merry holiday uh, something. <laughs> I, ran, I ran out of steam. <laughs> as you do, listeners, thank you for tuning in. As always, this is Hindsight and good night. Good night. <laughs>